What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Trigger warning. The following episode contains graphic violence, strong language, and suicide. Discretion is advised. I'm Danielle. I'm Max. And each Wednesday, we crack open a bottle of wine and dive into some thrills, chills, and spills. This is Innocent Till Tipsy. I am really happy you took over the Marilyn Monroe episode because I knew that was going to be a behemoth. We really wanted to talk about Marilyn and um, yeah, I'm glad you've got it. So Max is going to be taking this episode, but we do want to remind you all that we do have a Patreon we just launched. We're releasing all of these episodes every Monday, um, ad-free, all out there for you. We also have backstage content. We're doing weekly live Q&As. So if you don't want to miss out on that additional content, make sure you head over and come see us there. But yeah, and without- I am so excited. We are going to have so much to talk about on Patreon about this one. Like, mm-hmm. oh, there's I, a lot. But yes. yes, I can't wait. And this week, I think, too, is the Netflix movie that's coming out for Marilyn Monroe, right? Yeah. Okay. The 28th. So it comes out the 28th. And then this will drop for Patreon on Monday. So you can watch a movie, then listen to our episode, then catch up with it because I'm watching the movie, too. I'm excited. We should make sure we watch it before we get on and do our live stream Q&A so we can like talk about uh, what really yeah. happened. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, but I'm excited <laughs> to sit back and relax and hear you tell me a story. So here we go. Okay. Well, Marilyn Monroe's mysterious death is packed with like so many, I don't even know, conspiracies. There. There's everything from sex and politics. And obviously she's in Hollywood. So that's Mm -hmm. why we're she's part of our miniseries now. But um, sex, politics, the Kennedys, Cuban revolution, overdose, suicide. Like it's just so much mystery. I had to like back up to the very, very beginning because to me, like a lot of her life, I didn't know that much about her. And I guess um, like... Our era knows her for the white dress, right? Like, we'll mm-hmm. get into that. Um, and not much more. Like, honestly, when I was reading through all the movies she was in, I was like, no, no idea. No, no. But, like, her um, just, like, the time that she was in Hollywood and now understanding more about her, it's so, well, it's very sad, of course. But mm-hmm. it's also, like, she was super ahead of her time, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we think of her as like, oh, the pinup, the dumb blonde, like the role, that role. Mm-hmm. And really, she was like a leader kind of for women and in the industry. Like she, I think her, I think I read her films were like gross 200 million for the first screenings of her 23 films that she was in. That's so, amazing. yeah, I mean, for the time period. Yeah, for the time period. And yeah, I mean, she just goes from, well, we're going to dive in. I mean, she goes from like really small beginnings uh, to like make a Hollywood fame, like Mm -hmm. an icon and a legend. So, all right. um, Let's talk wine first really quick because I'm going to need a glass to get into this. So what are you drinking? (laughs) 
I'm drinking the tail end of my Snoop Dogg today. Um, we were going to do, it just wouldn't fit our naked wine pairing. So we're going to leave naked wine till next week. Um, but yeah, so I have Snoop Dogg again because it's my favorite. It's what I had in the house. So I think we decided last- that's like one of the best um, for the bang for your buck. It's actually mm-hmm. a really, really good wine. It's what, like $15 or something? Yeah, it's not bad at all. And then, of course, if you download the app and everything, you get Snoop giving you like a cheers and all of that. Yeah. And we did Snoop's episode a while ago because a lot of people don't know, but he was arrested for murder back in the 90s. So we already went all through that and drank his wine while we talked about it. That's so nuts. And Martha Stewart has her wine, too. Her I 19 know. crimes wine. I want to. That like, would be a fun episode. I'll drink Martha, you drink Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun episode, actually. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I have Dow, and I realize I don't think we've done Dow on the show. Well, where's my camera? We've done one Dow. We've one done Bodyguard Dow. by Dow. Oh, okay. okay yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is um this is their 2019 Cab Sav. It's 100% Cab Sav in French aged in French oak. So I know this is like one of my go tos. It's usually 20 to 25 dollars a bottle, and I got this one at Costco. So like when you need a like this is kind of like my giftable bottle where it's like a really nice wine because if you buy it some of their other yeah some of their other wines oh my aerator some of their other wines are like two hundred dollar bottles of wine so this baby is uh like twenty five see I told you this piece of my aerator broke off and every time I use it I'm like is this gonna splash everywhere or what I don't know where it goes oh well all right pour yourself a glass. Oh, I got a glass. And buckle up. And buckle up. <laughs> I hope one's enough for this. I literally like. Oh, almost- and I'm like still pouring. <laughs> oh. All right. All right. All right. Um, and this one, I know I like. Uh, it's like black cherry, coffee, and cola. So like all my favorite Ooh. things. It's like pretty bold. I'm trying to remember what this one even has in it. I just like it because it's got the perfect mix of like not too bitter, not too sweet. Red blend. Mm. Cheers. It's fall. Cheers. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know, like I said, we've covered a Dow wine before, but they are super, they have a super cool story. I know we covered that before. Like they're two brothers that came over as immigrants and like literally started winemaking in their garage and then went into like computer engineering or something yeah. crazy. And one's like um, the business leader and the other one's the more creative brother. And so, uh, yeah, still owned by the brothers, owned and ran by the brothers. Really cool. And it's wine season in Napa. All my my whole feed is like filled up with everyone crushing grapes. I'm sure there's a more technical term for that. Mm-hmm. But like all the wineries that I follow, I wish we were in Napa. We need to do that next are fall. You, are you going um, to Napa um, this season at all? Oh, no, I go there, in the right? spring. I know, I know. Oh. Um, usually I go for that Bottle Rock Festival. Mm-hmm. And that because of COVID was in the fall like okay. 2020, 2021, 2021. Mm-hmm. And then so it was in the spring this year when it normally is. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was like addicted to Napa when we went in the fall that year. So mm-hmm. pumped. Uh need to go back. Yeah. All right. Tell me Let's, the story. Oh, okay. This is so insane to me. She had, I don't know, like I know, we know how this ends, right? That she dies mm-hmm. and they rule it a suicide. So we're just going to start out with that. Um. If that truly were the case, she had a very tumultuous upbringing and a very like volatile life and career. Mm -hmm. And she was really like was up against a lot. So she was born as Norma Jean Mortensen. Mm -hmm. uh, And we know her like 
a lot of times is Norma Jean, but Norma Jean Mortensen, June 1st, 1926 in LA to Gladys Pearl Baker. But first, let's talk about Gladys. Uh, Do you know much about Gladys? I don't, but real quick before you jump in, I saw a TikTok this week that blew my mind. It was a TikTok of the queen meeting Marilyn Monroe, and I didn't know they were born the same year. Holy so that isn't that's that wild weird to think about the time so yeah weird. yeah it just to me to like because you she's forever encapsulated as this very young woman you know so it's it's just interesting to me but anyways tell me about gladys mm. um yeah because when she dies she's 36 yeah I say. super young so young yeah and uh yeah 36 um mm. so yeah gladys her mom uh mm, in 1917, she gets married at 15 to an abusive man. So probably kind of like par for the course at the time, like marriage is pretty young, but he mm-hmm. was nine years older and they have two kids together, Robert and Bernice. So that would be Marilyn's half siblings, but um, they file for divorce and like shortly thereafter, 1923 or 21, like, you know, they file, but it takes a while. She gets full custody of the two kids, but he actually kidnaps them. And what? takes them, I know, right? Who knew? Takes them to Kentucky with him. So, uh, yeah, like Marilyn doesn't even meet her half siblings um, or doesn't even know she has a sister until she's 12 and doesn't meet them until she's like 17 or 18. Yeah. That's crazy. So, back to Marilyn. She, um, Gladys, after her divorce in 1924, then marries Martin Edward Mortensen. That's why Marilyn gets Mortensen name at first. Okay. Um, but they separate separate like months later and divorce in 1928. But get this, in 2022, DNA testing um, indicated that Monroe's father wasn't Martin Edward Mortensen. Uh, Gladys had an affair with oh my god i know right i was like i can't i had to like write down dates and names i like almost had to draw this like family tree because they just kind of come out of nowhere and like no dna so until 2022 um so gladys had a an affair with a co-worker charles stanley gifford in 1925 and then remember Marilyn was born in 1926 so that's who Man. her actual bio father is um but she actually takes her mother's name mm-hmm. we'll get to that too but she takes baker for a while mm. um that's so the name i know i didn't know norma Morgan, jean baker norma jean baker yeah mm-hmm. so it's strange that she takes well i mean no one knew that that wasn't her well i mean gladys maybe knew but like no one knew that mortensen wasn't her father uh anyways and so i'm gonna save you a lot of time because honestly there's so much about her life to think that she lived this life in 36 years. Mm. You it's, and I don't want this to be like a book report, but there's like so much history in her life. Like that she did all this or lived all this in 36 years. So Mm. it starts out like her childhood sucked. Um, she, it seemed unstable or like, I don't know. She didn't have great roots, like to say the least her mom starts out with her mom. Um, but around the time when Norma seven or eight, she Gladys has a mental breakdown. She's actually diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and she's like in and out of hospitals there on after. Um, and so Norma becomes a ward of the state. She actually, um, goes, uh, Gladys and Norma were, they had borders. They had like tenants, um, housemates, uh, for a while. So she actually stays at her house with those people for a while. Um, 
which is act, they're actors. They're like lodgers, I guess we call them mm-hmm. actors, um, George and Maude Atkinson. And they have a daughter, Nellie. Um, okay. And she may have been sexually abused at that time. I mean, remember, she's just basically like this girl living there with borders. So that's not um, inconceivable. Um, mm-hmm. But as I mentioned, her mother's friend, Grace, steps forward to take over Gladys's affairs as Gladys is like in and out of hospitals. Um, and after 16 months with those lodgers, then she goes and lives with Grace. Okay. All right. Um, that they already have like other, they already have like a lot going on in their house. And actually Grace doesn't feel like she can take care of Norma. And so mm-hmm. she takes her to an orphanage. Isn't that heartbreaking? Oh and gosh. I listened to a tape of uh, Marilyn recounting this and she's like, they pulled me in screaming to the orphanage and she was screaming, I'm not an orphan. I'm not an orphan. Uh, and so like Grace like left her there, just dropped her off. And how uh, I'm sure was she at that point? Yeah, she's not that old. She's uh, it's 1935, so she's like 11, oh, 11 or 12. Oh God, yeah, yep. And after that, um, you know, the orphanage is like we think we think that Norma would be happier with the family. Like no shit. I'm sure all yeah. people. It's an okay orphanage. They said it was like not um, like a terrible, terrible place, but it's you know they're not in like I a nuclear a, family. No, and I'd say there's a reason we don't really have orphanages anymore. Like that's not really a huge thing anymore. We have the foster care system, which obviously has its huge faults, but at least you're being put usually with a family. And like, yes, it's it's got some issues, but it's I got think, that family structure. Yeah, there's yeah. a huge reason I would feel like why they've been pretty much abolished but yeah 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 so they encourage um grace to take her back home and grace becomes her legal guardian in 1936 um but doesn't take her out of the orphanage right away she waits till uh summer 1937 and grace uh, and norma's like 11 or 12 at this point because some of these are like loose dates they're like summer yeah. fall whatever yeah. um but she only lives with though with grace goddard and the family for a little while, several months, because Grace's husband, Doc, molests her. Oh, my no. God. You're like, I can see why she would have issues with men. Like her whole yeah. life. Why oh, she's yeah. like, doesn't trust men. Mm-hmm. Like just has this sad, sad history of men in her life abusing her, abandoning her, using her. Yeah. And, you know, she kind of, she just wants that family and she just wants acceptance. What I was just about to say was like, you can also see why she's trying, like you can see from her hopping and her marriages later is like, she just wants that nuclear family and she's not getting it. Like God, some stability. Mm -hmm. Crazy. So all in all, Norma Jean is reared by like 12 different sets of foster families, foster parents, different homes. She is bounced around. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess uh, she says in like an interview too. So another like source that I watched, um, it's called, <laughs> I watched it multiple times. Now I can't think, hang on. You have to. That's the thing. When I write the script, sometimes I'm like, let me go back. Or sometimes I'll watch so many like, times. We're about to do our anniversary episode and I have already been diving into it. And I watched this one clip about Ryan Ferguson and I was like, I just bookmarked it. I was like, I'm going to have to rewatch that. <laughs> there was a lot over and over clip. and over yeah. mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and this yep. was super interesting because it's actually on Netflix. You can hear, you can go watch it for yourself. It's the mystery of Marilyn Monroe, the unheard tapes. Oh, oh. So, it's so interesting because mm-hmm. it's an author, Anthony Summers, author of, of goddess. He does, um, a thousand interviews and 650 of them are recorded tapes. And it's in the, 
it's like later after her death, like closer to 1982, when they reopen her uh, or like re-examine if there should be a criminal investigation to her suicide. I'm going to use like mm-hmm. air quotes. Um, and so he interviews all these people from her past to like build up a better understanding of what may or may not have actually happened. Mm-hmm. So um, did she? this is probably something you're going to go over later, but did she leave a suicide note? I can't remember. No, there's no, no, no. Nope. So there's all these interviews that are incorporated in that documentary. I highly recommend it. I mean, I think honestly, if you listen to our podcast, I needed like the chronological order of her life to better understand what happened to the tapes Mm -hmm. or what, who the hell on these tapes is like talking or why it matters. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, at the beginning or somewhere in there, she's talking about why she became an actress. And it makes sense. Like, she had such a shitty childhood. Some of her foster family, she says, used to send me to the movies to get me out of the house. And I'd sit there all day and way into the night up in front with the screen so big, a little kid all alone. And I loved it. Um, and so that's why she wanted to go into acting because she spent, like, that was her, like, safe place, her her escape was the movies. Yeah. No, I vibe with that so much on a personal level because I don't know if you know this. My mom survived like stage four breast cancer when I was a teenager. Um, and during that time, I hardly remember any of my mom's fight with cancer, even though she went through surgery, chemotherapy, and then radiation um, because I got so obsessed with the Star Wars series. And I used to know all the alien names, like everything. I was obsessed with it. And I feel like it was because so much was going on at home. I was just like diving into something that could just like let me numb myself out from what was happening um but yeah luckily she's fine now she's been in remission for like years now but um yeah it was i can relate to that i would be like i'm not dealing with this like i well it's your escape to fantasy it's to Mm -hmm. escape the like reality of what you're going through in like an in like a decently healthy way right yeah 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 there was other things obviously like especially as a teenager you can get into but yeah crazy So um, she knew she wanted to be an actress uh, and fast forward to 1942 um, that company that employed Doc Goddard, you know, she went to live with Grace, it's Grace's husband. He molested Mm her, Um, but that's her legal guardian, uh, Mm -hmm. Grace, that his company relocates him to West Virginia. So out of California and because of California child protection laws, uh, they couldn't take Norma Jean with them. So horrifying she's about 16 at this time she can't go with her legal guardian they're gonna ship her back to the orphanage such a dumb question for you was anything ever done about him molesting her or was it just like no no i mean like i think a lot of and we even know now like there's a lot of like molestation that doesn't go reported Mm -hmm. and awful and so no i didn't see anything like that anything ever came of it she Mm -hmm. just grew up with that um i think an interview though that i did see of her said she didn't really realize or uh, like internalize that it was so Mm -hmm. wrong she said she was more curious curious about sex which Mm -hmm. also kind of makes sense like given her like sex bombshell image um Mm -hmm. that she realizes that's kind of how she gets her way too Mm -hmm. and Um, i saw something years later about her too where she i think later in her life she basically became asexual like concerning it like sex was more of a transactional thing for her than it was anything more from what i saw in her interviews and everything because she thought men were basically very silly that they could be like you know it was very mm -hmm. easy for her to 
Well, she's manipulated by men a lot, yep. obviously, too. Yeah. She's like used a lot for her sexuality yeah. and for sex. So mm-hmm. um, that makes a lot of sense. So in order to avoid the orphanage, she mm-hmm. uh, marries the Goddard's 21-year-old neighbor, James Doherty. This is husband number one. And she's 16. God. So she's like, orphanage or marriage? Okay, fine you. Yeah. Um, and in so that's 1942. Two years later... Um, Doherty, her husband is shipped over, uh, shipped over the seas like for two years. And so she takes up a job at radio plane company, which is a munitions factory. And there a photographer comes from the U S army air forces, like motion picture, Mm -hmm. um, like company to do some like morale boosting shoots for the troops. And they capture some pictures of her. They don't actually use her picture, but she realizes that she wants to pursue modeling. And that's when she um, signs with an agency in 1945. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Um, So she wasn't like found from that shoot, but she just realizes like, hey, this is the thing for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And they they. Her agency deems her, of course, as we know her, like more suitable for pinup versus like high fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when she starts modeling and being in advertisements for men's magazines. Um, and so that's really where she changes her image to um, like the hair that we know, like the bo- blonde bombshell hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and by 1946, so like a year later, she's appeared on 33 magazine covers and um, use, starts using the name Nor- uh, Jean Norman. She has okay. so many names as I was like, yeah. what? when did she change her name? I'm like, whoa, where'd that name come yeah. from? So, um, yeah, she really quickly like took to acting, modeling. Obviously, she's gorgeous. And um, that's in 1946 after her modeling like career starts to take off. She starts to get into acting. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do like so many episodes on her acting career alone. It's such a short career. Like she dies at 36, but she does, as I mentioned, like 23 pictures that are gross 200 200 million. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And in that short amount of time. So 1946, Mm -hmm. like it's nuts. Um, And that's where like, I'm not going to go into, into the weeds, but basically she gets in a contract with 20th Century Fox and that's where she selects the name Marilyn Monroe. It's actually like her and, uh, it's not her agent, but it's like someone from um, from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's remind they remind her of Marilyn Miller, who's like a Broadway star, and then she okay. takes her mother's maiden name, um, Monroe. Okay, so it's Gladys's maiden name. Okay, and that's how we get Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, 1946, but she doesn't actually change her name um, till like a decade later. Okay, 
um, but she just starts using it as her stage name. Mm-hmm. So if you're following me, she was Norma Jean Mortensen on her birth certificate, mm-hmm. baptizes Norma Jean Baker, mm-hmm. um, then changes her name to Norma Jean Doherty when she gets married. Mm-hmm. And then when she's like around 20, selects Marilyn Monroe and then like 29-ish uh, changes her name legally to Marilyn mm-hmm. Monroe. That's how we got to Marilyn Monroe. Wild. I know, right? And it's so nuts that she does go through such a transformation from like child to model, or I guess mm-hmm. like child to like teen and married and then model and then movie mm-hmm. star. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, like she's done so much work in films, like we could do a whole series on all her, all her films. I'm sure there's podcasts mm-hmm. for that, but I don't want to turn this into a book report. So no. keeping it to the details you need to know, here's what you need to know. In early 1952, I think you asked me about this. Like she, she marries or starts like dating, but then marries, um, New York Yankees. He's a retired U- New York Yankees baseball Joe player. DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. Yes. And she finds herself at the center of a scandal because in March 1952, she reveals that she posed nude for a calendar in 1949. So like mm-hmm. kind of prior to this. And um, that's like kind of scandalous at the time because he really wants like a woman that he can control and that is like sweet. And um, she's de- definitely like her career is taking off as this like sex symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, I was really impressed with like her drive to work hard and perform in the industry because she was at some point like sick of being typecast as that blonde, dumb secretary, beauty pageant contestant type role, Mm -hmm. that typecast. And she pursues other roles. I didn't know that she (laughs) played a fish cannery worker and a deranged babysitter. And she was taking acting classes. I know. And training with like a famous mime. Like that's so crazy. Mime, I guess. Not me. I'm surprised she was able to do that because I don't know if you know. So Elvis Presley, and we just saw from this movie. Did you see Elvis yet? No. Okay. So I've in the movie, Graceland, though, I feel like I, I know it. Oh yeah, Elvis yeah. Is- so I wish um, they had. I'm glad they went through it. Um, his relationship with Colonel Tom Parker and how evil Colonel Tom Parker was, and basically sold him into all of this stuff. But he always, Elvis always wanted to do more serious or different movie roles. But Colonel Tom Parker never let him. It was always the singing. They were like, he was like, no, 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 do you know you got to be in a movie with us with singing? So I'm surprised Marilyn was able to kind of like put her foot in the door of other avenues instead of just this like dumb blonde, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, she really pushed it, pushes for it. And then like, also the studios aren't very, I don't know, like there's always this ebb and flow, I guess, or like push and pull with the studios because she's becoming an it girl. So she kind of gets her way, but also she's a woman. So she doesn't really get her way because it's super Mm -hmm. misogynistic at the time. Yeah. Um, But she gets a reputation of, um, being late um, and hard to work with because again, like she's Mm -hmm. this it girl and she wants to go off script and she wants to be an actress and it just takes her a lot of roles till she feels she gets it right. But that's like a really annoying to everyone around her. Um, And so to alleviate her anxiety, like then she starts to feel like she's not doing a great job. Right. So to Mm -hmm. alleviate that anxiety, that's where she really gets into um, barbiturates, amphetamines. They say she like, she was like on upper, she was on downer, she was on sleeping Mm -hmm. pills. She's on, like drinking she has insomnia um and that just makes anxiety worse 
Mm. So it just compounds that problem. And she doesn't really get into full addiction until like 1956. So like later, but Mm -hmm. this is kind of where it starts because she's on her rise to fame and she's like, has this like high expectations for herself and others have that expectation for her. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And like basically, you know, that behavior of being late and going off script and stuff like makes her a target for sexism and bullying by her Mm -hmm. male co-stars. So it sucks. It's like she's trying to work hard and then it's just compounding issues. I don't know if you saw, um, oh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, the horror director that did Psycho. Hitchens. Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> um, you Who needs to brush up on their history? Yeah, now? <laughs> me now. Um, didn't he have issues with Marilyn? Didn't he work with her on a film and then they had like huge butting heads or was that someone else that I'm thinking of? Ooh, I don't, don't know. I don't know if it's Hitchcock. Know the- I know he worked with some major, major directors. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's like names I recognize and I didn't realize why till later. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know if she worked with Hitchcock. Let us know in the comments if you know. Yeah, please yeah. do. Uh, Because again, like I have so many notes and I was like cutting, cutting, cutting to make this Mm -hmm. uh, only about the mystery. Really, like she just led such an interesting and intriguing life. Um, 1953 is her big year. That's where she has a movie. And this is like what I feel like we know her for. So and I didn't realize it was this movie. But so I say that. But then still Niagara is where Mm -hmm. her makeup artist really developed that trademark look. those dark brows, like really pale skin, glistening red lips, and the beauty mark. So there's – I didn't mm. realize this about a beauty mark. They're like, is it hers? Is it real? Is it not? Um, she had a small beauty mark on mm-hmm. – I think it would be like her left – yeah, her left cheek. Um, and in her early career, she covers it up. But then like around this time is where her makeup artists, just, they define that look. And they're like, nope, we're going to accentuate it. And that's when like other women – of course, she's like a Hollywood icon start like – doing a beauty mark through makeup. So mm-hmm. she had it, she owned it and she just accentuated it, like accepted it later in her career. So well, it's kind of cool. I'm like, yeah, that's what we know her for that beauty mark. Yeah. Uh, she was in a satirical musical comedy, gentlemen prefer blonde. So we know mm-hmm. her for that diamonds are girl's best friend, you know, that, um, yeah. that's from that movie. Uh, so she did have a big year and then how to marry a millionaire, um, was another movie that was that year. She, like she was working hard. Can you imagine like, I don't know no. that many A-list celebrities that put out three movies a year. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah, maybe no. maybe they do like a large movie and a small project or something, mm-hmm. but I feel like it just takes a lot longer. But she was working. Um, and yeah. get this, like 1953, we know this as her like big, big year is when Hugh Hefner featured her on the cover. Oh. And mm-hmm. as a centerfold of the Playboy issue, mm-hmm. um, the first Playboy issue. Yeah. Um, but get that she did not consent. Yeah, I she know. Did not, I did like, a whole. Holy I actually, hell. I don't know if you saw me like grab my notes, but I actually wrote on my notes. I was like, I, this, the Hugh Hefner thing, I was wondering if you were going to bring it up because I did a whole TikTok series on it because it was so dirty. And you know, he's buried right beside her, right? Sick. No, like, he's just, I mean, maybe she embraced it later. I don't know that much about it. Do you know? But like, those, yeah, are not I do. Her- 
She did not consent to that. So she had taken those photos when she was still Norma Jean Baker and it was just to pay the rent. And she had the photographer promise, promise, promise they would never the be news. used for anything. Yep. These yeah. news, they'd never be used for anything. Well, I think Hugh Hefner bought them for, he bought them for a penny. Like he bought them for mm-hmm. nothing and he released it and she didn't find out until it was released. And she called him, begged him to stop the, the whole, th- well, I don't think she got through to him because I don't think either of them ever spoke to each other fully. Um, but she wanted them gone and um, no. And that's how he got started with Playboy. That is what. Yeah. Playboy Cause it's the first issue. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the so photograph gross. on the mm-hmm. covers, um, one of her photos or photo submits from the Miss America pageant in mm-hmm. 1952. Boy, so it's friend. not, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they, I didn't realize that until then. And I guess it's, it's another example of like a man taking advantage of her, of her. And she looks. didn't get paid at all mm-hmm. for any of this. Yeah. He bought and, the photos. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And then he bought that plot right beside her. And it's so disgusting to me that he is, he is buried right, I believe, next to her. And there's a man buried above her and he's buried face down Ew. which is just because she's in one of those like you know she's in, uh yeah she's in, she's in like a cemetery and yeah it's mm-hmm. like a um what do they call it, it starts with an it's not a mausoleum but it's uh yeah. it's like an entombment yeah the box yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so gross but yeah um yeah i was like what the hell seriously mm-hmm. um but i wrote in my notes yada yada other films because i know there's a (laughs) podcast for that so um back to men on january 14th 1954 she and joe dimaggio um get married Mm -hmm. and they begin filming like the famous film the seven-year itch okay yeah yep um and the studio like arranged for like a publicity stunt like a promo basically for her to go to new york um that's where she's got that iconic white dress they have her standing on the subway gate right um on lexington ave in manhattan the Mm. shoot lasted a few hours and by the end of it there's like two thousand spectators joe dimaggio is there he is pissed he's pissed he's pissed because she's you know like showing her underwear or like her like under under her dress and he's known for being super jealous super possessive and uh beats her up after that yeah, and the hotel it sucks after. and mm-hmm. her makeup artist like recounts it they're like did he did he hit her face she's like no he pushed her around he pushed her down he did things that would like hurt her that could be covered and so mm-hmm. the makeup artist is like yep we just patched her up um with makeup and that's so sad to me because again knowing that she just she was really really attracted to joe dimaggio she talks about mm-hmm. it like in her tapes that she was in her in her interviews that she was immediately like attracted to him ac- from across the room and she like got this just like full-on crush for him marries mm-hmm. him and then he's a jerk to her like a dick yeah. seriously mm-hmm. um and so they file for divorce nine months after being married he, they like go and tour Tokyo. She's like adored by the troops, like all of this, and just not. I think him. he just his ego couldn't. His ego yeah. couldn't take it. He couldn't mm-hmm. be with a powerful woman like that. Like that's because no, so... he's a retired player. Like, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. men. So, mm-hmm. but uh, 
see you, Joe. Um, she's on to doing bigger and better things. She good for her for leaving him too at that point seriously. in time. Like I'm nine like, months too, because to how humiliating, yeah. you know? Like in yeah. that time, like women, <laughs> she like she's already been divorced once, and now she's this yeah. like public figure, and she's getting a very public divorce. It's sad mm-hmm. because her interviews too. They ask like, "Oh, are you still friends with Joe?" She's like, "I can't ask. I'm I'm done, guys." Like she's. Mm-hmm heartbroken about it it's so sad to watch um but like i said she goes on to do really cool things by herself she actually because she's got like you know industry clout starts her own production company mmp maryland i never knew that oh that's amazing it kind of goes through its own like issues you know she's Mm -hmm. got a rough start she tries to produce some films like um but she does she does do like fabulous work through that too but it's also challenging for her you know she's kind of a trailblazer so uh here's what else you need to know despite that divorce ongoing divorce process she continues her relationship a little bit with joe dimaggio you know like i said she's kind of heartbroken but then she dates um marlon brando and like he's i didn't know she dated marlon brando me neither knew no idea and her her next husband to be is playwright Arthur Miller. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. This gets wild. Like mm-hmm. I, I thought like, how could this get crazier? It can get crazier. <laughs> can. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's a playwright and he's like big time at this mm-hmm. point. He's like a really big deal. And he has a wife. <laughs> so it's an affair. Um, yeah. But the affair gets serious after her divorce is finalized in October, 1955. And he separates from his wife and get this the studio's like don't do this don't do this arthur miller's been investigated by the fbi for allegations of communism you gotta remember what? this is like cold war era yes. time. i know like yeah and he's super left he is like pro-communism and they're like uh <laughs> fbi like that. yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah that's yeah. how Marilyn's file gets started she had a file with the fbi Oh, see, I, I'm excited. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Yes. So super left wing. And she actually does have some pretty left like views, Mm -hmm. which gets interesting later. We'll come back to this. Remember this Arthur Miller. Arthur um, he's he's Jewish, so they actually get married in the court in, in June 29th, 1956. Did she convert for him? Mm-hmm. She did. Interesting. She okay. does. So they have a Jewish ceremony like a few days mm-hmm. after that with like his literary agent at her house. And okay. Marilyn looks so freaking gorgeous. She's just like this sweet looking bride. She is like she writes hope, hope, hope on the back of her wedding photos because she is just like, I know, tears. She's just like so into it. And the the picture, she just like looks so sweet and hopeful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she did. She converts to Judaism and sh- that's why Egypt bans her films. They're like, it's Shut not the up. news. <laughs> it's that you're Jewish. Get these films out of here. Yeah. They ban her films. Oh, so I do have a question. What they had a big age gap though, didn't they? Or am they I? Did. Um, they did. Okay. I feel like he's older mm-hmm. than her. She, da, da, da. I have it in my notes somewhere. We will find that. That's okay. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I right now like, they no. do. They, ha- I feel mm-hmm. like she's like, 29 ish and he's like 40 or something mm-hmm. so okay. significant enough that again it's like a power thing because he's this yeah. playwright and she's like a muse for mm-hmm. him um, yeah. and he later on talks about oh i'm jumping ahead a little bit so just forgive my my brain notes um he 
leaves his wife, you know, basically for her. And mm -hmm. he has like high hopes and she has high hopes for the marriage. And later on, he's like, uh, you know, I thought she was an angel, but I guess she's like the same as my ex-wife and she's a oh. whore. Like she, he literally writes this in his notes because at some point they work on a film together and that's his like acting notes and she comes across them and she that like ruins her. She recounts that to her psychiatrist like many, many times about how bad that hurt her because yeah. she feels like she failed at her marriage again and she just wants family. Like she yeah. really just wants this like to be loved. Mm -hmm. listen Just don't date artists because i dated Ugh. one artist and they, they're <laughs> fine when you break up initially they're like oh it's fine and then like a couple months later they unleash stuff on you and you're like oh my god <laughs> It's wild. <laughs> I know. And she just keeps getting hurt. It's so that's yeah. what I feel like. I mean, she is so well meaning, so hardworking. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I said, she owns her like badass. She just owns her own production company and is like this this icon. And then yeah. she keeps getting beat down by like all these men that she crosses paths with. So um, she starts filming again and the misogyny, right? Like, the director tells her, all you have to do is be sexy. And she's like, no, I want to be an actress. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so again, her dependence on um, drugs escalates again. She has a miscarriage. Um, she actually had endometriosis. Okay. Um, so yeah. maybe, I don't know. It didn't really, it didn't really go into detail if it was like later on miscarriages are attributed to endometriosis, mm -hmm. but it sucks because she just wants this family and she wants this marriage to work. So she, yeah is filming. She returns from England um, and is on an 18-month hiatus to focus on family life. She has an egg topic pregnancy and another miscarriage oh. later that year. And then she's hospitalized um, briefly due to barbiturate overdose. So mm. like fast forward when they say, oh, she was suicidal. She's hospitalized for drugs. Like she's kind of been through the ringer. She has, um, yeah. mm -hmm. I, I can see like why she's depressed yeah life has not keep, been a cakewalk for it's this not easy yeah. for her mm -hmm. um this is when 1958 so we jumped to 1958 she's filming some like it hot you've heard of this she yeah. wins a golden globe for this mm -hmm. um and she mentions in one of her interviews well uh, it's not an interview it's in that documentary it's an interview with um her psychiatrist's son so she's like really mm -hmm. like the like um close with her psychiatrist um and she actually kind of like makes his family her second family. So okay. he has a daughter, he has a son, he has a wife, and she goes over there for like dinners. And it's so crazy because she's like the psychiatrist's daughter is talking about like, yeah, we were talking about crushes and I was talking about my my like crush and she was talking about having a crush on, fast forward, hmm, just bookmark, bookmark this, the general. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The general. The general. Oh, JFK. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. So, but- she, yeah. So, it's kind of nuts that she's like... Um, that's like later right now. She, okay. um, I was just bringing it up because she's talking about when she was filming some like it hot. That was mm-hmm. the happiest time of her life. She was actually pregnant during that time. Okay. According to the psychiatrist daughter, like recounting what Marilyn told her. Um, and so she takes a little hiatus in 1959 films, another comedy. Let's make move. Like again, can you keep up with these movies? She's like but working, here's... working, working to backtrack a little bit. Isn't that like, crazy unprofessional that her psychiatrist had her over at his house and yeah according to personal relationship yeah that's what i'm wondering i'm like back then would that have been okay it's not okay then it's like definitely Mm. frowned upon then but he actually defends it saying well i could have had her hospitalized she was like a working actress she'd be in she Mm. would have been hospitalized 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 it would have ruined her image it would have ruined her career so instead they're like, why didn't we have her meet you at the her. office and stuff? Mm. They're like, well, because we felt like it was a good idea for her to be like grounded by this family setting, come okay. be part of our family. And okay. maybe that will keep you from spiraling into depression. Maybe that will okay. give you someone else to talk to. That's okay. kind of like the rationale, I guess. Okay. Um. So yeah, while she's filming this other, mo- this musical comedy, Let's Make Love, um, during the shoot, she actually has an affair with her co-star, Eves Montand. Montand. I'm probably saying that wrong. Sorry, guys. Okay. Um, and it sucks. Like, I feel like the studio kind of uses that. They use that as her pub- as like publicity campaign because the film's called Let's Make Love. And she's like, has this affair with her co-star. So, yeah. dude, her ruins her marriage too, you know. He's having an affair. She's having an affair. Like, this sucks. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's where they start filming film film um the misfits that's arthur her husband is a playwright mm-hmm. um is like a writer on this film okay and their and their marriage kind of, is already <laughs> tanking yeah mm-hmm. yeah down the drain yeah going down the drain so dick move he writes her role to be um like he's in a relationship with the, the set photographer of this film that they're filming. okay and and he like writes her role to be kind of shit. Like I think she's a divorcee and there's three cowboys. I forget. Mm. Um, oh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. I feel like Clint Eastwood's in this film. I was Correct literally last night, last night with Charles. We were sitting in. I was like, Clint Eastwood's still alive. Dude, like, he's still alive. Crazy. And he's like. Yeah. And he's still going. Like, <laughs> he's still going. Like making films and like, such. Yeah. It's wild. Anyway, sorry. So her. Oh. So Arthur writes her role as a divorcee to kind of like backhand slap her, you know, in this role Mm -hmm. and um, alongside three cowboys. And he's having this relationship with the set photographer. And that's when he writes in her notes. um, And then Marilyn finds the notes um, like expressing that she's a whore. And that makes her like super disappointed in herself for the marriage failing. And again, like more rejection. But he was also having affairs. Like that's what I hate about this kind of stuff is it's like, yeah. I don't know if she did it first. I don't know if it's like mm-hmm. a tit for tat situation. I don't like that. Um, yeah, no. And it doesn't make it right either way. No. I, she just had that. I think he was really hurt when she had that affair with her other co-star in that mm-hmm. um, Let's Make Love movie. And so then he kind of gets back at her or the marriage is over really. Um, and yeah. 
hooks up with the set photographer. So mm-hmm. her life, her role sucks. Her life's kind of falling apart again. She's in pain a lot. This is insane. Mm-hmm. She has so many health issues. Like I get she's on a lot of different drugs, but who needs a gallbladder? She has a gallbladder issue. She has gallstones and she's in so much pain that that like ups her drug addiction and they have to use a lot of makeup um, to like mask this. They say that they were applying like she was in so much pain that they applied her makeup while she was sleeping asleep, like under the influence of barbiturates, like sleeping pills and downers. So because she's in so much pain. So either way, whether it's drug abuse or pain, she's again using a lot and she has to spend a week in the hospital for detox. Hmm. Basically, yeah, marriage number two-ish, two-ish, yeah. Well, three, celebrity marriage number two, marriage yeah. number three is over. Yeah. Um, in January 1961, and get this, they just like, this is a little side note, they she get they get a Mexican divorce. Do you know what that is? No. I, oh my God, I just listened to a whole podcast on this. It's so nuts that like divorce law was so behind the times, literally all the way into the 60s, right? Even more yeah. so, even even later, that it was easier to go to Mexico and get a divorce. There's like some states where like you could hire an actress to pretend that she was your husband's mistress because you could only get a dissolution of marriage if there was um, like an affair. And so Wild. they literally have to get a Mexican. She's freaking Marilyn Monroe and she She's has to go to Mexico, Mexico to get a divorce. divorce. <laughs> Mm, that's so wild mark this on your calendars it's the same day that jfk is inaugurated oh she's like uh divorce and jfk is inaugurated the Um, general (laughs) mm, we'll see or Um, maybe it's bobby kennedy (laughs) yeah 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 we are gonna cover this it just is interesting like the timelines yeah um because again she's I feel like, oh, alleged. We all say alleged because you like, but she was um, definitely tied to both JFK and Bobby Kennedy. Yeah. Mm. So, um, you know, basically her marriage falls apart. They're divorced, uh, rejected again, Mm. you know. So instead of working um, in 1961, she spends the first six uh, months like she has health issues. She actually has her gallbladder removed, a surgery for that. She has surgery for her endometriosis, and she's spent four weeks in the hospital for depression. So as shitty as Joe DiMaggio was, he like kind of comes back around as a friend and helps her like they kind of rekindle a friendship, and he's kind of there for her for that. I'm surprised she was able to get um, diagnosed with endometriosis when even today it's hard as a woman to get diagnosed with endometriosis. Right. I mean, she had so many miscarriages and like a a topic pregnancy that maybe they were like, hey, you got some some issues. Let's take a look. Um, Mm. And it's so sad because she just wants a family. They say like mm. if she had to choose between her career and a child, she would have chosen a child. Mm. Like there was like no choice. She was like, yep, she just really wanted a family. Yeah. And for those who don't know, I I feel like we can talk about this because it's medical, but endometriosis is where your, um, the tissue from your uterus, like from the inside is starting to grow outside, even on other organs. And it's just extremely painful because that's tissue that's supposed to be like protected by your organs. That's suddenly on the outside where it shouldn't be. So just to let you know, if you don't know that, um, but yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's gotta be pretty far progressed for her to have had surgery to remove some of that tissue because yeah, it does take them a while to diagnose it even today. And she had something like 23 or 30, I don't remember the exact number, gall, gallstones. 
Like that's insanely painful too. Mm -hmm. So no wonder she was in a lot of pain. And they said like um, her, she was just able to turn it on in front of the Mm -hmm. cameras and in front of the press, but she was in pain a lot of the Mm -hmm. time through this time. So I mentioned like Joe makes another appearance in her life kind of through friendship. um, And she actually dates his friend, Frank Sinatra. Oh my God, girlfriend. (laughs) With the rat pack here. Wow. I know it's so nuts to think like all of these like major names, like she crossed Mm -hmm. paths with yeah, Uh, and she just died so young that like, it's just Mm -hmm. like a capsule. Ben, isn't that interesting because she's, she's passing paths with all these people. Frank Sinatra was very much involved with the mob. Well, we will get to that. I know this. I'm so sorry. This is such a long episode, but it's so crazy. Because you have to know all this history. You have to know how she got there. Like, she's yeah. just... Okay, so she crosses... She dates Frank Sinatra a little bit, the Rat Pack. This is cool because she actually, in 1961, buys her first house. Okay. The house she later passes on passes uh, in. And that house is owned by a TikToker now. I don't know if you know this. Jasmine Chiswell. Yeah, and she what? actually was dressing in vintage fashion. And she models herself an awful lot like Marilyn. Now, since she's had her own family, she's kind of getting away from that. And she still has amazing content on the app. But I do think it's interesting that this woman who was kind of modeling herself after Marilyn now owns this house and is kind of keeping it in the same way so it was kept. Crazy. Anyways, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's actually mm-hmm. kind of like her psychology psychiatrist's daughter again like hearing from joan it's so sweet to hear her be like yeah my dad talked to her about having uh becoming a home homeowner and that had really never occurred to Marilyn because again like that's the man that's like making mm-hmm. this home and she's like nope she's such an independent woman she buys her own home and she like feels like this is her opportunity to plant roots and like start a sense of like family right so mm-hmm. you first buy the home um and yeah so that's how she gets that home that she later passes in but mm-hmm. We're closing in on the end of this because really 1962, she filmed Something's Gotta Give where she did a press stunt. If you've seen, it's the movie that never gets finished. She's like swimming nude in the pool. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like another one of those press uh, like stunts kind of like to come and get mm-hmm. them uh, get their photos for this for this film. But that's really what later on is published in Life magazine because they never fin- finished that film. Mm-hmm. And she's like frequently sick and missing from the set. Um, but she rallies, she goes to New York for JFK's birthday. But can you imagine being Jackie O sitting in the crowd? And Hell like no. watching? I, I might've ripped her blonde hair out of her head. Like that, I, literally- hell no, <laughs> I think it's so insane to think that that's what I was saying uh, to someone. I was like, it's so insane to think that like affairs were so public like they're this like secret but they're not a secret at all it's an open Honestly, like secret. the wife knows and it's an open secret how embarrassing too to be the wife and just be like oh my god like are you kidding me humiliating. like humiliating yeah so humiliating yeah and the breathy mr president i would be like i'm gonna kill you <laughs> yeah i will rip you off the stage <laughs> but back then it was so like I was talking about another affair last night too. And I was just like, Oh, with um, Queen Elizabeth, I'm, I'm on the Queen Elizabeth thing now because yeah. she recently passed like uh, Prince Philip definitely philandered like when she was young and everything, but then absolutely. Own, yes. And then when her own son is doing it, she's just like to Diana, like she's just like, chill out. Like it's normal. And I'm like, it shouldn't be. <laughs> like, I okay. understand where Diana's coming from. I'm losing my mind anyways. <laughs> yeah. It's so nuts yeah. because she's like, the sex symbol and then 
at the same time, like so closeted for this affair mm-hmm. because ja- you have Jackie O, right? Who's like prim, proper, prestigious. Mm-hmm. And then you have Marilyn Monroe, who's like also like Hollywood's darling, but like yeah. a sex symbol. Yeah. And it's like so insane that they're in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. Not only are they in the same room, they're sleeping with the same men. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Mm. So this is where, yeah, she goes to JFK's birthday gala, Madison Square Garden. She sings the happy birthday, Mr. President. And we're going to circle back to this probably on Patreon, but the dress, the famous dress, the dress, the, the, one, dress. That, the one that Kim's definitely ripped. I don't even care what ah. the lie detector test. And that's some tea that's going on because now we know the that tea. Kim sold that sex tape. But anyways, Dude, yeah, we are going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are going to get <laughs> to that in Patreon because there is not time for this. Stay, yeah, stay with me here. The dress, the mm. beige skin tight covered in rhinestones dress. Mm. There's also we're going to come back to this photo, too. There's a photo, the only photo of her with the J- with the Kennedys, um, okay. with Bobby and JFK. Um, that's the only photo of her Danger. with them ever. Come mm-hmm. back to that. And she's in that dress. Um, Ooh, that's, yeah. a, that's a dress. That's a dress and a half. Oof, yeah. Um, so, okay. Well, that basically catches you up on her life. Mm-hmm. Here's, we're going to fast forward to August 4th. It's the night of August 4th, 1962. Um, Marilyn's housekeeper, Eunice Murray, is overnight there. She wakes up at 3 a.m. She thinks something's wrong. And she goes to Marilyn's room. She knocks at her door. She sees a light under the door, but she doesn't get a response. So she immediately calls um, Marilyn's um, psychiatrist that we've been talking about, Dr. Ralph Greenson, who's, you know, like very – he's like on call for her, like, right? You know, like he's brought Mm -hmm. her into her family. So he um, dashes over. He's only like a mile and a half away. He looks through a window and sees that she's lying there. Um, And this is what's reported, right? So like lying there face down on the bed. He breaks through the window, breaks in, finds her clutching a phone in her hand. And Uh he tells Eunice through the door, we've lost her. Um, So this is where things get inky, right? Like, who Mm -hmm. was actually there? How did this really go down? Like, um, he, in his notes, has said, like, and attributes it to being, like, this orphan girl rejection. And that's why, like, he vouches that, yeah, probably was a probable suicide. There's um, her sleeping pills and barbiturates found by her bedside. Um, They also call her other, her actual physician, Dr. Mm -hmm. Engelberg, um, See, again, like, this gets inky. Like, was he on the other side of the door? Was he actually there? Like, what happens? Yeah. 350, 425. Like, the media reports, here's the story they're sticking with. Pronounces her dead, 425. That's when, like, LAPD is notified, 425. She's only 36, (laughs) and they pronounce Mm -hmm. her dead. And then um, LAPD is inky as well, just with oh, everything. Yeah. But yeah, anyways. Yeah. This is mysterious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. As if, as if any of her like whole life wasn't mysterious to begin with. Like she has I so saw, much happening. There was something on TikTok too about the way her room was. I think they were moving things around or it just seemed to tell me, tell me things. Because there was mm. something I saw recently and I was like. There's a lot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, one of her lawyers, Milton uh, Rudin, Mickey, uh, rushes over. He handles matters on the phone. He's her attorney. Her publicist, Arthur Jacobs, um, is pulled out of the Hollywood Bowl from a concert, runs over. 
We'll like, get to this. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they think Monroe, they think Marilyn died sometime between 8.30 p.m., 10.30 p.m., August okay. 4th. She's found at like 3 a.m. Uh, the next morning, so August 5th. Okay. And the toxicology report, of, co- of course, shows it's um, acute barbiturate poisoning. So she has like lethal levels um, of this. And then the um, sleeping uh sleeping pill nembutal so that's what like is known like okay she died of an overdose of nembutal Mm -hmm. um and empty medicine bottles are found in her bed and her autopsy report claims countless pills except for there's no pills in her stomach like um yeah so we'll come back to that sis right mm -hmm. the the possibility that she accidentally died as an overdose is ruled out because those dosages are so high. They're like, no, that had to be like intentional. Okay. So they rule it a probable suicide. So um, her doctors also, I mentioned, like they say, yeah, she's, we've been treating her for years. She has frequent depression. She's prone to severe like fears and breakdown. She's been hospitalized obviously for barbiturates before she has unpredictable mood changes like this is all adding up to probable suicide yeah okay except for there's a lot of suspicious things that happened so mm-hmm. this is where the conspiracy theories come in right this is why yeah. this is so mysterious to me and everybody um so in 1973 norman M- mailer produced uh writes a book called Marilyn: a biography okay. and it's like got so many conspiracy theories in it. It's like mm-hmm. widespread enough that the LA um, County District Attorney uh, opens up her. Ca- well, they like quote open up her case. They conduct a threshold investigation in okay. 1982 to see like, hey, do we really need to open this back up for like a criminal in- investigation? Yeah, and that's where this like um, Anthony Summers, author of Goddess, like who's like the main guy in this the netflix stock the mystery mm-hmm. of marilyn Monroe, the unheard tapes comes in that's why okay. he, in 1982 he's like i was called into like this investigation you know to be like what do you know he's like i started interviewing people he interviews a thousand people and tape mm-hmm. and records 650 interviews so it's so interesting to like once you know about her life mm-hmm. hear these tapes of people that's like oh that's um you know that's Eunice, the housekeeper. Oh, that's yeah. the doctor's daughter that mm-hmm. she was talking with and me- making mentions of this, mm-hmm. um, these people. So what is heard on that tape? If it's not suicide, before we just like deep dive into the conspiracy theories, was Me it murder? My- yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of like these conspiracies. Was it was she murdered to like was silence her for something? Was it the mafia? Was it the Kennedys? Was it freaking mm-hmm. Cuba? Yeah. Like, and why? speaking of the mafia, the mafia is involved with the Kennedys too, not just the Sinatras. So yeah, it's like a yeah, whole the rap yeah. pack. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sketch. So mm-hmm. here's a few theories, and one kind of predominantly prevails. So we're gonna follow that thread. We're gonna like pull that thread. Okay. Um, okay, the Kennedys. Mm-hmm. We say alleged she was definitely like all of these people can vouch that she was associated with the Kennedys, meaning mm-hmm. JFK and Bobby Robert. I love how they all have these like little nicknames, Pat for Patrick <laughs> and like Bobby for Robert. Um, Jack was John. I, I didn't know that was yeah. like a nickname. Okay. But yeah. Jack is JFK. Um, and one of the nicknames is the general for Bobby because Bobby. Of yeah. Okay. Bobby. Bobby. So she's purported to be around 
and associated with JFK, but that's too sketch because of Jackie O. So mostly with Bobby, but yes, definitely around JFK. Yeah. Take that for what it's worth because um, Dean Martin's wife, mm-hmm. Jean uh, Martin, Jean and Dean, um, that's cute. <laughs> she was, the Kennedys have this, they have a sister, right? And he, Pat, and Pat is married to Peter. Peter okay. Lawford's an actor, and he's part of Frank, Frank Sinatra's Rat Pack. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just remember Peter. Peter, Peter. Peter, Peter Lawford has a house in Malibu, mm-hmm. and this is like the go-to for parties. So it wouldn't be like unheard of for Marilyn to have been there for a party, but she's mm-hmm. there a lot. She's like lunching. She's calling. She's there a lot. And okay. Dean Martin's wife, remember Jean, says, now there's nothing discreet. Like... Peter Lawford, so um, like JFK and Bobby's sister, Pat's husband, so their brother-in-law, mm-hmm. is like known for like pimping for the Kennedys. He's like, she's like, yeah, I had a hand up my shirt at one point. Like he, there, he's like hunting for women for the Kennedy brothers. Oh, and you have to yeah. remember the Kennedy brothers have their father. I think his name is Joe. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's gross. Yeah. He's like associated with Hollywood and he's mm-hmm. like known for like having people wait in the lobby because he has like women in his office. It's, it's icky. Yeah. Um, Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. So, yeah, like it's basically everyone's known secret that she's with Bobby, mostly. Mm-hmm. Probably JFK, but we'll stick with Bobby. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Peter's tied back into the Rat Pack. So we get back into that thread. You pull it a little bit more. Jimmy Hoffa is a known mobster. He's mm-hmm. um, with the Teamsters Union, which is like a trucker's union and has clear mafia ties. He's like yeah. pulled in for all these other investigations related to the mafia. They're like tapping, you know, they're like bugging and tapping his yeah. phone. Wires. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And so like part of the conspiracy is like, oh, did he try to silence or blackmail? Did he try to blackmail um, the Kennedys through yeah. Maryland by like the bug and wiretaps uh, at Peter Lawford's 
where mm. she was having this affair. Mm-hmm. You know, Bobby has a wife and kids too. Yeah. Um, so like, is Jimmy Hoffa behind this to blackmail the Kennedys? Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of a, like, put a little bookmark in that. Yeah. Um, in this tapes, I found this super interesting. Angel- Angie Novello is Bobby Kennedy's personal secretary. He's like, yeah, Marilyn used to call here all the time as she's, as she's just like calling. He's like, mm. yeah, okay. So she was definitely associated with the Kennedys. We could just like yeah. check that box. Yeah. Back to who else is suspicious sus in her background? Uh, member Arthur? Commu- Arthur Miller. Yeah, Arthur? Mr. Communist. <laughs> yeah. The FBI have a file on Marilyn because she's married to him. Remember him? Yeah. And he, mm-hmm. so through him, she's like mingling and like whining and dining, you know, with yeah. left-wing communists, communist expats. And at this time, uh, Cuba, Fidel Castro, you know him, yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. appealing to the Soviet Union for military help. So we have Marilyn, who's associated mm-hmm. with communists, and yep. through her ex-husband, but also associated with the Kennedys. So, like, yep. pick a side. But she's like left, very left, um, viewed. Mm-hmm. And there's like a in the FBI file. This is like where it got cool. Um, there's an unnamed inf- informant who, days before she lunches at Peter Lawford's Malibu house, okay. um, she that note to in the FBI files talking about how sh- Marilyn's discussing the morality of atomic. Test atomic bomb testing with Marilyn. <laughs> Marilyn, no, don't talk politics. Even her um psychiatrist family was like, Yeah, mm-hmm. she used to ask us like what like she wants to see more intelligent about these political conversations. What type like kinds of things can she bring up around the Kennedys to like endear herself to like the Kennedys and seem like intelligent about these political matters so yeah mm, ugh, she brings up atomic bomb testing literally days later af- mm-hmm. after this lunch at peter lawford's um bobby kennedy is going to nevada to witness nuclear weapons testing uh and i am um, something like oh that's when they were like oh shit she's a political liability yeah hey yeah, maybe yeah. we should yeah so like the conspiracy theory we'll say a conspiracy theory right like about murdering her to silence her because she's tied to communism and Cuba mm-hmm. and nuclear warfare. And that's like so close to Florida. Right. So, um, you know, everyone's up in arms, the cold war. It's that time for, mm-hmm. you can't have loose lips and Maryland no. would be a political threat. Yeah. Possible. Like that, that mm-hmm. could make sense if that's definitely, like, if definitely there was more to support that. Right. Like it's, we sketchy. were so scared. We were going to go to war too. Like my mom even remembers like having to hide under desks and put gas masks on and everything else just in case, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. so nuts. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal at this time. And she's so close to the Kennedys. Obviously she's like lunching and sleeping with Bobby. Um, at and least. then, yeah, yeah at least. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, we have to cut this, cut this off. So Bobby tells her, do not contact him, him or John anymore. Ouch. Okay. Like yeah. that has to hurt again, back to like, she's been hurt Rejection. and ghosted mm-hmm. and yeah, rejected by so many men in her past mm-hmm. that, um, on the phone, her last conversation with Peter Lawford. Okay. Because that's where she meets. So, you know, obviously he's the brother-in-law to the Kennedys. So on the mm-hmm. phone, she ends their last conversation by saying, say goodbye to Pat, which is his wife. Um, say goodbye to the president and say goodbye to yourself because you're a nice guy. So like there's no suicide note, but yeah. she's saying goodbyes. Or is she like threatening is that she? she'd blow the lid off of I don't know. That's it's so, it. hard. It's like, so hard to yeah. know. Like I know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So... Here's where I feel like the most okay. 
internet and Patreons. I can't wait to discuss this with you. Challenge me because here's all I know. Here's what I feel is most reasonable. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say too, Danielle, about this. Um, Arthur Jacobs, back to Arthur mm-hmm. Jacobs, her publicist, right? Okay. His job is to like make this disappear or like yeah. rewrite the narrative. So her publicist was married. He has a widow because mm-hmm. he eventually passes. Natalie Jacobs, who says on that night, Marilyn's uh, the fourth slash fifth, they were at the Hollywood Bowl mm-hmm. at a concert and um, an attendant comes and, you know, like notifies her husband, the publicist, Arthur, that he has a phone call. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, so we were headed home. I was headed home at 1030 and he was headed to Maryland's. He had mm-hmm. something to take care of at Maryland's. This is at 1030 on the 4th. Um, so he goes to Maryland's and she, Natalie, the widow says this was his job to fudge the timeline. So what if she didn't really die at like 3 a.m. on the 5th? What if that's just when they call LAPD? Huh. Get this. So she claims that, nope, Natalie knows we left the concert at 1030. He went to Maryland's. She was alive. Like there was something happening at Maryland's at 1030 or 11 on the 4th. Okay. Not just Natalie says this. Juilliard Roswell, they substantiate this. They're like, yeah, he was there at 11. Um, There was something happening 11 to 3. Then we get to like, well, who else was at the house, right? Yeah. Um, An ambulance, actually. An ambulance, you know, like private ambulance companies, um, celebrities use them. It's also sometimes hospital systems use them. Ken Hunter is an ambulance attendant. He says he goes to Marilyn Monroe's house at 11, not 3 a.m. If we're sticking with the housekeeper story of Eunice knocking on the door 3 a.m., oh, yeah. I didn't know. Like, yeah. what's going on? Why would everyone be rushing to Marilyn's house at 11 mm-hmm. on the 4th? Mm-hmm. So um, can Hunter's an ambulance attendant, not only the ambulance attendant, like um, Anthony, the, the guy in the documentary, goes and interviews the ambulance company owner, mm-hmm. uh, Walt Schaefer, who's like, yeah, we took her in our, like, in the logs, we took her to the Santa Monica emergency, like to the emergency room at Santa Monica hospital at night. She was comatose. Um, so this is like the kind of the first time where like Marilyn might have left the house. Um, she would have been alive and comatose, but they say, um, another, um, person, a friend of Dr. Greens- Greenson, mm-hmm. psychiatrist says that Dr. Greenson told him at lunch yeah, she mm-hmm. died in the ambulance. We took her back to the house, like mm-hmm. to avoid this media scandal of her dying at a hospital or dying in the ambulance. So they take her back to the house. Um, That's so they, wild. But why would they be trying to avoid a media scandal? That doesn't sound yeah. that scandalous. People die in like hospitals you know, in LA hospitals, all the time. Yeah. We just why? talked about River Phoenix and everything. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Because why did they need to buy time and not say that she died at like 1030 or 11 that night in the ambulance? It's because this journalist is like unraveling the thread. He's like, where was Bobby Kennedy that night? Why do we need to buy time? Mm -hmm. Well, um, so Bill Woodford, this journalist asked that question. He gets like shut down. That story gets killed. Um, But per this FBI agent, Bobby Mm -hmm. was in town and left and that journalist bill woodfield goes and interviews he's like got the suspicious that suspicion that yeah bobby kennedy was around like he's he's known to have been at peter lawford's house 
that weekend. But like, whoo, we're just erasing history. Like yeah. we're pretending he was never here. They buy yeah. time, possibly have bought time by um, like a helicopter had a log of dropping Bobby Kennedy off um, at, like an airport to catch a flight to San Francisco, I believe. So they may have, may have, I'm just using this. This is like the most plausible conspiracy, I yeah. guess, to me. may have needed that time to get Bobby the hell out of LA, like get him out of Malibu, get him away from her mm. because um, we don't, they didn't want any political scandal of like, yeah. well, she died, but he was like, where was he? So they just want to like mm. erase it. Um, there's tapes recorded that day of her death. Cause remember they were like bugging for mafia reasons yes. and political yeah. reasons. Yeah. They were bugging Peter Lawford's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so there's tapes of Bobby being at the house that day. Um, and this is what is reported to have happened. So the most plausible thing to me, um, mm-hmm. that she kind of gets in like a fight with Bobby, you know, Bobby rejects her and then yeah. he calls her actually from little Offord's house. You know, he's mm-hmm. like into this booty call situation. So he yeah. calls her and she's like, get out of here with that. She feels used. She feels passed around. So she like stirs up the dust. They call it like um, like making a stink um, yeah. because she's heartbroken. She feels lied yeah. to and used. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I guess maybe that day she calls the White House and she's like, get your brother away from me. <laughs> How cool to just be able to call up JFK. But like, <laughs> like get, this get guy. your brother away from me. <laughs> I, I'm mm-hmm. not his like toy. Um, yeah. And so maybe Bobby wanted to erase history and erase ties with pushing her to be upset and commit suicide yeah because that would have been political scandal that yeah. he would have been tied to her at all and obviously she's mm. like hollywood's darling too at this time so her death is scandalous in and of itself they're yeah. like we'll just make this easy she died in the ambulance but like let's take her back to the house we'll pretend she died at 3 a.m you weren't even here you were never here mm. hop on a flight so I guess that's kind of like where the documentary wraps is like the most plausible thing. I've also like, again, listened to some of these tapes, looked at other sources, the FBI and um, LA, when they opened up her case again, they were like, they they don't suspect foul play. I get their suspicious details. Cool. Tell us in the comments because I get it. I've like, I can't justify some of these other things. Like why were there no pills in her stomach? Yeah. Doesn't make any why sense. Why did they? Why is there mm-hmm. this like mysterious mark? Like, was she injected with those yeah. lethal cocktail like that killed her? Mm-hmm. Okay, I cannot explain it. I'm just saying that this would make sense that like Bobby wanted to get away from the scandal and was like, mm-hmm. buy me some time. And that like her death, although it's like a suicide, was a cover up of how it actually happened. Mm-hmm. Could be, mm-hmm. could happen. Could be. Eunice does mm-hmm. know. She, she's like, yeah, the housekeeper. Eunice was like, yep. He was here that afternoon, and Man. that's why they were trying to protect the Kennedys. You don't want his yeah. name in this. Mm-hmm. And get this. Back to that photo of her in that dress with the Kennedy yeah. brothers. Yeah. There's like different um, records of um, like people coming in and grabbing documents and cleanse. Like that gave them time to cleanse the house, too. They're like, of course she has a diary or something or a note about the Kennedys. Yeah. 
they mm-hmm. threw out and or like all these photos, you know, she was with them all the time. at these Oh, yeah, yeah, things. yeah. So why missing. is there only one? That is the yeah. only photo of yeah. her with the Kennedy. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense that it would be like a cover up, a cleansing of like for political, like minimizing, mitigating political scandals that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. her death didn't actually happen at 3 a.m. It happened more towards like 10, 30, 11. Mm. And they need to buy some time to get Bobby out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, though. But we got mafia, sex, politics, like a little bit of everything in this. And it's still yeah. a mystery. Like there's no official story except for the official story that she died at 3 a.m. There's no yeah. there's like nothing. No. Nope. Um, yeah. It says. I also came across like another podcast that had said like the deputy coroner who signed her death certificate did so under mm-hmm. duress, which would make sense there. He's like, no, she died at like 10, but you make me sign that she died at three. Um, and that's mm-hmm. kind of also like why they reopened to examine in 1982, this like case, if there's any mm-hmm. criminal negligence um, or responsibility and or criminal conduct. But yeah, basically we circle back to it's a pro like them sticking with it's a probable suicide. And maybe in reality it was, but the circumstances of her death were like a cover up. Yeah. Um, And in the documentary, if you actually like make it through all of the tapes and you've Mm -hmm. made it this long in our podcast, it's crazy because he interviews Peter Lawler. Like years later, Mm -hmm. sounds so remorseful. He says he sounds like just like a piece of the man he used to be. He's like... I checked with the operator and they told me that her number was out of order. It's off the hook. I should have known better. So he feels like guilty and remorse for being involved too. Man. Yeah. So what do you think? It's such a mystery still, but hopefully that gives a little bit more of what could have happened. I feel so sad that she was like so so young and so used yeah i have always thought it was not a straight up suicide i've always thought especially since i got obsessed with the kennedys in like 2010 2011 2012 i've always thought the kennedys there was something whether they were involved they knew about it or she knew something i had always heard that they were like on the midst of breaking up and that she had like threatened something um you know and that was enough to make the secret service and like you know because you have to think they have all of these people at their command and it's not just the secret service they've got the mob they've got everyone so it's like oh you don't want the lid blown off of things pillow talk with the president i'm sure is not all innocent i'm sure you're hearing some crazy stuff like that's when men actually tell you things that are like bothering them well that's what they were like oh my god wait her ex-husband arthur is a communist and she's Mm -hmm. asking about nuclear warfare but she has this Mm -hmm. open fbi file like who wants to hush her everybody wants to hush her. everybody yeah that's what that's what makes it interesting to me is that i had never known that she had that fbi file opened with arthur so that's like a whole other can of worms because it makes me think like she is already on the government's radar so that is is it's wild it's wild and then you think of too like what i mean we could do an entire episode on the cia and the crazy shit that they've done and it's it well there's no wiretaps of peter lawler's house and like Mm -hmm. it's just kind of nuts that they it's like wait were they tapping for mafia reasons like the mafia at some point was like trying to extort the kennedys like they were like maybe we'll extort the kennedys by exposing this affair with marilyn um like but Maybe they wanted to silence her from like, yeah. uh, you know, like she's on these wiretaps and she could be on Team Kennedy. Like, yeah. it's so crazy. And uh, yeah. yeah, 
That's where we land. Like, it's so exciting. Like I mentioned, Blonde comes out on Netflix. Yes. It's like a docudrama. Really, it's like mm-hmm. a dramatized version of her life. Um, but it it's said, like I've watched, have you watched the trailer? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that it's going to be amazing to watch in and of itself. And mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what they dramatize versus now we kind of know like at least some of the his- history that actually happens. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm so pumped to watch it and then talk about it with our patrons. I'm so excited. So I can't wait um, for tomorrow with our live stream with our patrons. That's going to be great. Big Q&A and everything. And I'll be able to in the meantime, like refresh myself on my Marilyn Monroe history. Oh my God. And then dig in because hell it comes back. Like Kim K wears that dress to the Met Gala. Okay. She actually only wears it to go up the stairs, but yeah, they're like all these, all these Marilyn Monroe historians are like, she damaged it. She damaged it. Like, was there damage before? Did she damage it? Like it was made for Marilyn Monroe. Like it wasn't made for Kim. So uh, yeah, Chris Jenner did that interview with, I can't remember who, and, and they did, they pulled a lie detector out. Did you see that this week? Uh, I came across that. Yeah. 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 And supposedly she said that like, no, the dress wasn't ripped and they proved that as truthful. However, that whole lie detector test is garbage because now Ray J has come out and said, no, it's trash because she said she didn't sell the sex tape and there's a freaking contract of us selling the sex tape. So it's just... They are good with media. Um, Man, they're and good with media. There's so much. Like, please Google, like, so we can talk about it. Um, the hair, mm. <laughs> the hair. like that she's gifted by Ripley's. Believe it or not. Oh, and she's Marilyn's like, hair. I'm and she's like, I'm gonna voodoo. sleep with it. Yeah. yeah. For voodoo. Mm. Oh, okay. And then, like, maybe it's not even Marilyn's real hair because then her hairstylist comes out and is like, that's not her hair. That's a wig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like fake Marilyn hair drama. Uh, yeah. And why the hell is Kim trying to sleep with Marilyn's hair, anyways? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I know for myself, since transitioning to a working-from-home environment, the importance of taking care of your own mental health. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Now, it's not a crisis line, and it's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime, day or night, to message your therapist. It's more affordable than traditional in-person therapy, and financial aid is available. You can visit their website and read other clients' testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com ITT, that's better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And for listeners of Innocent Till Tipsy, you can go to their website and get an additional 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash ITT. That's betterhelp.com slash ITT. Um, it's so weird. I don't know. Yeah. And have you noticed the Kardashians are getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier? Like every second you look at them, I don't know what's going skims. on, but <laughs> it's, sk- it's skims. <laughs> it's for skims. Um, yeah. Oh God, that would be an interesting episode to deep dive into those, like those women, because man, they are resourceful. They are wild, but my God. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone's as tied to like ingrained with Hollywood and, sex and scandal like those kardashians they got a lot on their books they so. sure do yeah wow Ugh. what an episode well, that's what i know i know my god like now you know why i had to start at the beginning like she was literally abandoned rejected like mm-hmm. used yeah. her whole life it's so sad and i she just so wanted much- to, to be part like accepted and loved yeah 
Yeah, no, I have so much more to say on this that we don't have time for today. So Ooh. I'll save it for Patreon. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah, that was a great, great episode. Thank you for researching. Awesome. That. <laughs> all right. Well, wow. how's your wine? It was good. It's gone. It was it's always delicious. Thank you, Snoop. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's delicious. Thanks, Dow. Good. Yay. So until oh, next, next time. Cheers. Cheers. A Huda Media Production.